T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's 849 on Total Information AM on KMOX with Megan Lynch. I'm Tom Ackerman. Political division in the United States is having an impact on how social studies is taught in schools. Experts warn the subject that was once a staple of daily coursework is sometimes being left out altogether. On the Quiver River Electric Guest Line is Dr. Lawrence Pasca, the Executive Director of the National Council for Social Studies. And we appreciate this very much. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. It is our pleasure. Basically, what does social studies cover? Let's start there. So social studies is really the study of humanity. It's the study of all the things that make us human, our human world. So individuals, communities, systems, how we interact across time and place. And it encompasses so many different disciplines like history, civics, geography, economics, psychology, sociology, anthropology. We, we always risk uh, leaving a, a subject area out by mistake, but we really do encompass any discipline that touches on what makes us human. That's us. What is happening right now and probably in the last couple of decades that teachers are concerned about how they teach social studies or whether they teach it at all? Right. So we really need to go back to the turn of the century. So um, with the introduction of the No Child Left Behind Act in 2002, there was a significant emphasis placed on literacy and math instruction at the elementary level. That had the crippling effect on social studies of reducing or eliminating instructional time. So what happened is as a lot of schools around the country went to these literacy blocks or math blocks, again, these are important subjects too. Um, but what we saw is, is, is this kind of reduction of all of the subjects that we would consider that make up a well-rounded education. And so as we had less instructional time for social studies in many elementary schools in particular, just the outright cutting of instructional time, um, we, we had a, a rippling effect in a lot of ways. We had students who weren't prepared for understanding history, civics, geography, economics, these disciplines as they got into secondary level. Um, we had teacher training, professional development eroded. We also saw the reduction of instructional resources. And meanwhile, as schools are spending more time on literacy and math instruction, there's also a lost opportunity because as you build literacy, as you, as you develop the ability to read, write, think, this is where subjects like social studies come in beautifully because that's what we do. We work with sources, primary sources, secondary sources, media. We work with all of this to develop literacy skills. So that's step one. And then step two is in the current um, environment that we're in, 
as social studies has been marginalized or, or, or outright eliminated, we also are now in an environment where we're seeing many uh, districts and states moving towards a model of suggesting what shouldn't be taught and saying this is what we are excluding from our curricula, from our instructional resources versus what we would include. And social studies by design is a subject of inclusion. It's about uplifting, raising all voices. It's about addressing areas where marginalized voices and perspectives haven't been heard. And it's a discipline ultimately where students are prepared for civic life by understanding all that came before them, where they can contribute into their future, and how they can make meaning of the world around them. So what can be done about that? I mean, how do you get together as a group and say, let's move forward? So associations like ours um, have worked for, with, for many years with state education agencies, with districts. We have what we call recommended practices. Whenever a state revises its standards for social studies, always partnering with educators, partnering with researchers and scholars, partnering with different stakeholders um, in the education system to develop those standards. That's always a step one. Um, when those voices are left out or pushed aside um, in the conversation, standards don't turn out to be very effective. Um, they, they create challenges for schools to implement, and they're just not what we would consider to be best for, for, for kids. Um, so we have those as recommended practices. Another is looking at how are we parsing out the school day? Are we giving equitable attention to social studies in relation to other subjects? Um, when kids ask questions about the world around them and they're drawing on literacy, they're drawing on different skills, how are we ensuring that the content of social studies, that those, those, ge those geography lessons, those civic lessons, those history lessons are part of that experience? So it, it's bringing it back into instructional time, but it's also trusting the process of involving teachers, scholars, education stakeholders in the development of the standards and curricula that, that states and districts use. Because of the diminished time spent on social studies and some of the uh, polarization and politicization of this, you know, how maybe are we failing to prepare our kids for being good citizens? I think we, we need to understand first and foremost that all human nature is about asking questions. That's all we do from, from birth through life is we're asking questions about the world around us. We're, we have innate curiosity. We want to learn about things. We also strive to make things better. Um, children, especially as they, as they get into middle-level years and they're working into high school, they want to know what their role is, their purpose is in the world. How can they be active and engaged? And so it's tapping into that that our field and our association in particular has focused on inquiry as the, as the framework for how social studies happens. And the misunderstanding of inquiry is that inquiry is about, um, you know, teaching kids a particular way to think about something, but that is not true. It's about helping kids to ask and answer questions about the world around them. And inquiry is not about pushing aside content, which, it, which is important in social studies. We want our students to understand the basics of how uh, a, a democratic system like ours works. We want them to understand how basic economics works or how the past has shaped where we are today and where we go in the future. But for us, focusing on inquiry is about how do you tap into questions that, that all kids do ask, like, does it really matter where I live? Um, is there such a thing as a war that's civil? Um, you know, questions about time and place, how people have used the land. So we would suggest that focusing on inquiry and focusing on 
tapping into human nature's innate curiosity about the world around us is a great way to begin to uh, rethink how social studies um, can be infused within the curriculum of a school every single day. He's the executive director of the National Council for Social Studies. That is Dr. Lawrence Pasca joining us live on KMOX. We appreciate the visit. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.